you are listening to the Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into the Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Andre Champagne, and today we'll be joined by Patricia Caputo and Ripley Cupid. How are y'all doing today? Good, good. How are you? I'm good. And Patricia, what about you? I'm good. We are nearing the end of the semester. This is our second to last podcast. Mm -hmm. That is crazy to think about. Are y'all sad? Sad, and it just goes by so fast. I know. Time flies by when you're having fun. Right. Yeah, that's very true. (laughs) Well, we'll be talking some LSU sports today. A lot of things need to be addressed, you know, talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start with, LSU baseball, they got a sweep over Missouri this weekend. Patricia, we worked, we both worked a mm-hmm. game. Um, Ripley, did you watch? You watched? I kept up with you it. You kept I up didn't with it? Watch it, but. Well, on the f- Thursday night, Mikel Hilliard had a great outing. Mm-hmm. Um, he pitched seven innings, I think, gave up seven hits, two runs, and no walks. Um, just. Kind of, this is a question for both of y'all, just how important is he now to this team, knowing that he is our Friday night guy now? I would Just so important. Just We've been talking about this whole season trying to find an ace, and <clears throat> Tyler refused to admit that, admit that Mikhail Hillard is an ace, and he might not be an ace just yet, but just to be able to get him in for seven innings, Jay Johnson talked about it in his press conference and how that set them up for the weekend because not only did he get the win, but then he allowed the bullpen to rest. So you were able to let Blake Money only pitch for three innings and then bring in your bullpen to win the rest of the game on Saturday. Friday, rather. (laughs) Ripley, what do you think? Yeah, I've noticed in other games the starting pitcher only goes maybe like three or four innings, and I'm like, okay, we need a pitcher who's going to go at least seven innings, so that's really good that Mikhail could get it done. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Mikhail has stepped up huge when it was supposed to be Blake Money this year Mm -hmm. when we really thought it was going to be him, or even Devin Fontenot from the start of the Mm -hmm. season, but we know both of those guys are kind of struggling right now. Mm -hmm. So for Mikhail to be a pitch-to-out guy is really all you need on a Friday night, in my opinion. And for him to pitch how he is against SEC teams, that's that's all you need right now. Yeah. And it's really nice to see and that you I, have that Friday night guy. Right, I agree, Andre. And what I loved about what I love about Hillard is his consistency. That's something this baseball team needs. And we've been consistently be able to see him go to six innings, seven innings. And also I felt that this team needed someone to lead because they didn't have that ace coming into the season. And I feel like Hillard has also taken on that leadership role, especially as a veteran of this team. Yep, the I think he's a fifth or sixth year senior, mm-hmm. and his last loss is in 2019 mm-hmm. against Mississippi State in May. That is ridiculous. He's 11 and he 0, I think. 11 straight wins awesome. as an LSU Tiger. But um, let's also talk about the bullpen. They have been huge for this team. Uh, we talked about this on Sunday, Patricia, uh, a mm-hmm. little bit. Just name some guys that you have been most impressed with yeah i mean i think riley cooper i think is very underrated he's a great closeout guy you can close the game win a game eric reselman i think amazing i mean i know a lot of people make fun of the way he stands on the mound and kind of shakes a little but that's how he gets in his groove you got to love it and what i love about this bullpen is that there are guys that on other teams could possibly start 
and they're not starting because we have so much depth there. And as I said before, it's so important to have guys like this because when Sam Dutton, I think he only pitched two innings, if I'm not mistaken, on Saturday. Yeah, he only went, I think, one in two-thirds, <clears throat> yeah. maybe. Right. And you, we don't have to worry about that. And for Jay Johnson to be able to go out on the mound and make a bunch of mound visits and we're away, we have fans booing, that's awesome that you have enough faith in your guys, in your bullpen, to put them out there. Even a guy like Jacob Hasty, who I don't think he played until the 26th game of the season. Yeah, he played Arkansas, which <laughs> mm-hmm. was last week. Right. Not last weekend, but the weekend before that. Yep, and for him to come in on that Friday night and to be able to help the Tigers win, that was needed. Yeah, I agree. Um, Ripley, who, noticed, who are some guys? I've noticed a lot of good things from Paul, too. Mm-hmm. I think base. Paul is really standing out, especially as a closer. So. Yeah, I really think uh, Paul Gervais has been, like, that that guy for mm-hmm. us. Like, he's the number one guy to go to in relief, especially to close out a game. I'm most confident in him. Now, Razelman, I'm pretty confident in him, but where I worry with him is control. Some right. games he has it. Some games he's walking people. Right. And once he starts walking people, he only has a fastball. So mm-hmm. it's – but who are some guys that y'all think need to kind of step up? Just I, – I personally think Ty Floyd. I was about to, to say Ty. Um, Devin, I expect, like, a lot more from Devin. I just think he's having a hard time right now. But I know he used to be their go-to closer, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you on Ty Floyd. He pitched on Tuesday. Yep, and he started the UL game. <clears throat> right, and I thought that he pitched a good game. He, he got did. Through he did. I think he gave up two runs on two hits or something like that. Yeah, and he Or five hits, but two runs. Yeah. Yep, so, and just being able to get that consistency is another important thing. That's what this team is so hungry for, consistency. Yeah, this, this, that's <laughs> what we're going to move on to. This team is inconsistent, mm-hmm. as we know. And finding consistency in baseball is one of the hardest things to do in sports. I mean, you saw it from the Atlanta Braves last year. Yep. They were not even a playoff team until August or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just talking about that, the error bug is killing LSU. Mm-hmm. And I think the middle infield between themselves has about 50 errors. It's got to be. And that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to see more from Kay Doty and Jordan Thompson. What do you guys think? I agree. It's routine plays, and I've said this to the point where my mouth is dry because I've said it so many times this season and it's just even plays where Jordan Thompson had one in I believe it was the eighth inning on Saturday that should have just been a routine throw to second base and they should have got the double play to first and it didn't happen and I just don't know how many more ground balls you can hit to a guy like Jordan Thompson and K. Doty I know K. Doty isn't a second baseman right he's not a traditional second baseman right and that's okay but they're Routine plays, I can't make excuses on. Yeah, I agree. Ripley, what do you think about the errors? Yeah, Jordan Thompson, definitely defense-wise, needs a little, yeah, a little boost. A little work, <laughs> yeah. We, Ripley and I were watching um, some updates of the game when we were at the spring game on Saturday, and they were trying to blow that lead, and we were like, none other mm-hmm. than Jordan Thompson. <laughs> no, uh, no hate here. We were just kind of stating the obvious. Right. Uh, that Jordan had an error and it came back to hurt them and it allowed Missouri back in the game. I think the defense knows too. They know that they're struggling. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, they're college athletes. They're yeah. probably hearing this everywhere. And you know that that's a clear problem because fielding were one of the last in the SEC, if not last. I'm not sure the exact stat, but 
also, then you look at our offense and you look at our pitching and we're we're up there, right? We have such yeah, a dominant offense. Yeah, I think offense. we're third, third to fifth, somewhere okay. in between that for ERA in mm-hmm. the SEC. And that's, that is very good. Right. That and, is very good. Mm-hmm. And that's great. But when you can't field, that's what I think we've lost two or three games this season because right. of fielding. And when you have errors, I mean, it's nice to have guys like Jacob Berry mm-hmm. on your team and Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan just to put you back in the game. And right. it, it just to start something. But we, then, ta- sorry. What were no, you, what, okay. what do you think about those Talking guys? Talking about that consistency, it's true. Those guys are studs. I think one day we're going to see them all in the MLB. But the difficult thing is that when they feel pressured I feel that they just, the bats just they don't hit they can't get anything off and it's because if the pitching is not doing as well if the fielding's not doing well they feel like all that pressure's on them and that's why going back to that bullpen I think it's so important because it makes up for the fielding yeah I completely agree I think I think for this team early leads are so important mm-hmm. because like I think I wish we had a stat on this but Every time we got an early lead in an SEC game, I feel like we've won it. Uh, I really do. Yeah, I think everyone we've except won maybe like Arkansas. Almost every <laughs> single one except Arkansas. I but always mention to people, I feel like the first game of the series, if they lose it, the rest of the series is just like downhill. Yeah, yep. the Friday night game is very important. Yeah. And when you have a guy like Blake Money just mm-hmm. struggling, it's hard to win back to back after that. And you. I mean, we saw it against Arkansas. He struggled against Arkansas mm-hmm. pitching, but exactly, I agree, and that's why a game that we had on Friday, where Katie Doty hit hit a single for the RBI right. to win the game, that was so important in extra innings, right? Yep. Because you need them to face some adversity, and I think Jay Johnson that mentioned in his pro- press conference that's what he wanted. Obviously, you don't want a game that in 13 hours you're going to have to go play another game that game went to about 10:30, but just to be able for this team to face adversity the adversity that they're gonna face in the playoffs yep so I think that we're capable of hosting still a regional uh what do y'all think yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so for that to happen I think you have to win almost every series and I think for it's that possible. to happen and I think it's oh it's mm-hmm. more than possible mm-hmm. it's just the matter of us being consistent so who do we have? We have UGA this weekend. Yep. Do y'all think we're going to win that series? I think UGA here at the box is a win. I think we'll win yeah. two. I, I think, think we'll win two. two, even sweep. I think Georgia, I mean, Georgia even lost to – they lost to A&M, which right. A&M's good, but mm-hmm. I don't think we should have lost to A&M. Yeah, no, I and then after UGA, who do we have? Alabama. Alabama away. Yep. I'm going to yes. go out and say that that's going to be our hardest, mm-hmm. hardest one because Bama's ranked right now. Right, because then you play – after that you play Ole Miss and then Vanderbilt. And Ole Miss is horrible mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, I think then, we'll sweep them. And then Vanderbilt, I think we might win two games. I think we could win two games. And Vandy's also one. having a bad but year. But, yeah, Vandy yeah. lost a lot of guys last season after their yeah. amazing year. I think you can lose one series and still host. Right, but also I don't, I don't think you should. I know right. it's going to be a hard win, but I – do think that they could win all of these series if I think right now they're against themselves if they lose it's because of them they're not right now it's just they have to focus on getting the fielding figured out and if they could figure that out we're a dominant baseball team right all right we're gonna move on to LSU football um Ripley we worked the game Patricia you attended the game Mm -hmm. uh with Joe Burrow back in Baton Rouge. <laughs> how nice was picture? it to, yeah, uh, just talk about how nice it was seeing Joe Burrow again. It was pretty crazy. I was so starstruck. I was literally shaking <laughs> after I walked off. Like, I couldn't control it. I mean, who wouldn't be, though? Who wouldn't shake? Like, that's one of the 
coolest guys in America. Yeah. Um, I mean, we but, had some other cool guys. Justin Jefferson was there. Clyde right, Edwards exactly. There. But um, let's talk about the offense first. Uh, the offense beat the defense 59 to 30, or was it 35 or something like that? 38? I don't 59 know. 59 to 31. 31. So the quarterback battle. What did y'all see from the quarterbacks? I, I think Nussmeyer had the best mm-hmm. day out of anybody. Yeah. But I think also Miles looked – still strong and I think he's still the number one guy so far what do y'all think I think just miles for sure because he has like he's older he knows what he's doing he's had more experience but I think Nuss did show out yeah yeah I agree with you I think a lot of people said that Garris Nussmeyer looked really good and he went 9 of 16 for 136 yards and a touchdown pass but I just think miles has been here so long and not that that matters with a new head coaching staff or a new coaching staff in general, but just the experience that he has, I think, will eventually beat out Gus. Nuss. Yeah, and I think I think Miles knows the offense so well. He's just mm-hmm. he's been around so long that you just can't just not start him. I mean, look in twenty the COVID year mm-hmm. when he went in, he was dominating. He was literally dominating mm-hmm. the SEC, and then he got hurt. Yep. And then same with last year, he was expected to be good. And then he got hurt. So another I mean. thing I feel like people haven't really talked about, which I just thought about this, our wide receiver will eventually be Kayshawn Butte mm-hmm. again. Yep. So, I mean, what quarterback do we think is going to be able to have the connection with Kayshawn? Right. Because right. that's important. Yeah. That's exactly it. I mean, relationships mean a lot. In, f- in football, especially when you're on the offensive front and you're a quarterback with your wide receivers, look at Burrow, Chase, and Jefferson. And that's actually one of the reasons Jarari Jenkins decided to come back because of Miles Brennan. He yeah. said that they talked about it together, and when he heard that Miles was coming back, he made the executive decision to come back as well. Yeah, so now defensively, um, what did y'all see that y'all like? I personally thought that the defensive line is just mm-hmm. amazing. And guys like Mason Smith and uh, just Savian Jones looked all right. Um, who else? Who else was on that line? B.J. Ojolari. B.J. Um, Ali Gay actually got locked up by Will Campbell this weekend. He looks scary, Will Campbell. Going back to the offense, for him to only be a freshman, I mentioned this on the Sunday show, but Brian Kelly a few weeks ago said, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure if Will Campbell's going to start. He didn't want to admit it, but I don't know how you don't start a guy like him. Yeah, I, I don't understand how that would work. Ripley, what do you think about Will Campbell? Did you get to see him in pr- some of the practices you went to? I saw him in some of them. I do remember seeing a bunch of tweets about him, Yep. and they were all positive, good tweets. So, we'll Yeah, I, I think that kid is going to be one of the best mm-hmm. offensive linemen that will ever have played at LSU. That's and your that's, hot take? That's my hot take. Okay. And I really do think he will be one of the best offensive lineman to come out of LSU. Wow, okay. Brian Kelly knows how to recruit an offensive lineman. Um, But cornerbacks, I would say that is the biggest Mm -hmm. issue on this team. Um, We only play one coverage, though, uh, this whole Mm -hmm. weekend. I had asked Brian Kelly uh, maybe the defense wasn't getting stops because of fatigueness. He said that was a factor, but it was also because they only play one coverage and two defensive fronts. So, right. some guys, though, who need to step up, who do y'all think that is on the cornerback front? 
I would like to see Jay Ward. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next Elias Rex, but I think he's been here the longest. We have two scholarship players coming back this season. We lost Elias Rex. We lost Derek Stingley to the draft and Cordell Flott as well, who really filled that role last year for us when we were in need. And just to have a guy who's been there, right, who's been here, who knows the team, <clears throat> would be great. And then also we just have a lot of transfers coming in. So even though we aren't, maybe there's a concern we have a lot of experience so we might not have a lockdown guy just yet but we do have experience right and coaching can fix a lot of things but mm -hmm. Ripley who do you think cornerbacks is going to step up this season I think definitely Jay Ward I heard something about the team voting on number seven between Kayshawn Kayshawn and him and him yep. so that's but then there has something. to be an 18 yeah. too so Exactly. What do y'all think is better, that seven or eighteen? I think seven. Yeah, seven for sure. Really? So. But eighteen is more legendary, like as an LSU player, it's more of an honor. To yeah, wear that's what I would yeah. say. As an out-of-state person, when I look at eighteen, that's who I think of. Especially, yeah. I mean, now I think of Damone Clark just because of last season, but yep. there's so many other greats before him. Yeah, and for me personally, I think the cornerback situation is going to be fixed. Mm -hmm. We know that, and. Uh, I think Makai Garner had a really good game, yeah. uh, that ULL um, transfer. I saw that he was in a boot after the game, though. Okay. He did get hurt at the end of the game. Um, he was in a walking boot, so that's just something to keep your eye mm -hmm. on. Um, another guy is Sage Ryan. Sage Ryan was a five-star mm -hmm. recruit, wanted by all these huge schools. Bama, um, he expect him to have okay. a great year. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think. But he's going to play safety, I think. So, right. um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I really think that I have a lot of confidence in this, these cornerbacks, especially as Ripley said before, they're going to go against guys like Kayshawn Boutte, who was yeah. one of the best wide receivers in the SEC before he got injured last year. Iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm, yep. I agree with you there. Um, and I'm just going to talk about this. Uh, Brian Kelly is a genius. We yes. talked about it Sunday. Yes. Um, he bought a home. Uh, less than two miles from campus because that is an NCAA rule to host unofficial visits because that is an NCAA rule that you can host visits if you live two miles from campus or something like that. And he bought the house just for that. Maybe that's why I saw him at Trader Joe's. He was picking up a case of water for the recruits. Maybe there so. <laughs> Maybe so. Um, but after the game, uh, I walked out of the stadium. Ripley, I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, – they had a big old crawfish boil going on. Um, I did see that. And that was for all the recruits and their parents and the players and their parents. Yes. And just you're going to win them over with something like that. I mean, that's Louisiana for mm -hmm. you. Who doesn't love a crawfish boil in May or yeah. late April? And that's what I love about Brian Kelly because I think this is a lot easier for him because he used to have to win guys over at Notre Dame and convince them that they were most likely from different states to go up north. To go to Indiana to play football. Yes. And now a lot of these guys want to play at LSU, right? Yep. That's what, Harold Perkins. He committed to Texas A&M and then decommitted, came to LSU because this is what he feels is home. That's a great example. And right now I think Brian Kelly's saying, I'm doing the bare minimum. All I have to do is buy a house and go do a crawfish boil. Okay, no yep, problem. Exactly. And I think that's only going to get better for him because it's just yep. going to be easier. And as Tyler mentions all the time, he can go visit multiple recruits in one day. Just think, 250 recruits mm -hmm. were in Baton Rouge this weekend. And that's just that's wild to and, me. And just a few months ago, we were saying it's going to take three years to rebuild this program. Yeah, maybe make that one or two now. Right. Um, 
And finally, we're going to move on to the NBA playoffs. Patricia, we're going to start off with the Nets. The Celtics swept the Brooklyn Nets last night um, by a score of 116-112. Just explain what happened. What happened to the, the Nets' downfall? I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you want me I to mean, start from the whole season? And no, I mean, just start from the playoffs. It's just, okay, Kevin Durant, this was, he played a very good game last night. He had 37 points, nine, nine assists, seven rebounds. Where was that the other three games? Jason Tatum, he's good at defense. We can easily, if we just win one of those games, I believe we can, we have a fighting chance. And then Kyrie Irving, can you break 25 points, please? I know that I love Kyrie Irving, but he's just not a leader. But that's why you have a guy like Kevin Durant there, to lead the team. And you need him to play well, and then you need Kyrie to play well. And what breaks my heart the most is that if Nicholas Claxton, he went 0 of 10. On Set his a record. First ten, yeah. The last guy to do it, I think, was Shaq. It was. Yeah. So, and that he went 0 of 8. Shaq went 0 of 8. That's Claxton went 0 of 10, missed his first 10 free throws. If he makes four of them, we win that game. We lost 100 and, 116 to 112. That's a lot of what ifs, though. Obviously, Correct. Obviously, you know, if he could have at least bought, you know, two even he buys they two. would have been in the game more kevin durant makes the one at the end and then yeah, like, exactly. i believe that was, that i believe was, seth curry missed one that was kind of mickey mouse though at the end but i'm just saying if, yeah like, I mean, you're right free throws are called free throws for a reason you gotta make them okay i agree the pelicans shot poorly um in -hmm. free throws but do you think the celtics are legit too though i personally think they're very legit this year i think they're a good team can they go and beat the bucks no I mean, I think it's going to be a good series. It's going to be weird to see who is going to guard I think Giannis. They, I think they played against a Brooklyn Nets team who, as Kyrie Irving said, is still gelling. There's no time to yeah. still gel in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no time. And they're a great team. They can play great defense, something the Nets can't do. The Bucks can do all of that, and they showed it last year when they won a chip. Personally, I think the Celtics also just outcoached them. Mm, Steve yeah. Nash just did not make adjustments the whole series, it looked like. And I believe it was it was game two, I think, where Kyrie Irving, the last four minutes, wasn't even involved nope. in the game. And that's, and that's your pure score. Yep, and that's coaching. You can't allow that to happen. All right, we're going to move on to the Pelicans. The They won game four in New Orleans on Sunday night, if I'm, if I'm right, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was a great scene. Just I made it to game three. We lost, but it was still a cool environment. Um, Patricia, I'm going to ask you first, since I'm a little biased here. <laughs> Do you think that the Pelicans are going to win this series? I'm a Pels fan now. Oh, you should have asked me that. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I do. I do because if they can hold – when I was looking at the stats and I saw that you all held Chris Paul to four points, my mouth dropped because I thought that was the one guy where you're not going to be able to contain, especially with just how experienced he is. And the fact that you were all able to hold them to four points, if you can do that again, that would be amazing. That was and then, his playoff career low. I mean, that, it, that, my mouth dropped. When I saw that, I thought it was fake because I was going to do it for my update, and I looked it up again. I was like, this is not real. He did not only score four Mind points. Mind you, he was literally getting guarded by a rookie. Mm-hmm. Two rookies, Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado. I'm not sure how many steals or blocks they had, but they were on him all night. Yep. forcing turnovers, and Chris Paul was just he, – he seemed hurt. 
he was worried on the on the sidelines, and he was just you could see it emotionally. He was worried yep. every time he had to get guarded by Jose Alvarado. That's why I mean, um, and then Jonas Valanciunas, twenty six points, up. fifteen rebounds. Stepped. He took game three personally because he got absolutely bullied by DeAndre Aiden in game three. And that's what I mean when you can win a game with a guy like CJ McCollum, who only ended the night with eighteen points. That's that's a good playoff team, right? That's yep. something the Nets should have done. Right. But we we spreaded the floor. We we mm-hmm. spreaded points too. Yeah, and that's great. That's needed because you can't with a Suns team that's so experienced, even without Devin Booker, you can't go into the game and have they can't know what you're about to do. Yeah. So when you have guys step up when it's unexpected, that's how you win games. But here's the thing: you you let a coach, a great coach like Monty Williams, mm-hmm. adjust, mm-hmm. which which Willie Green is still a great coach. Mm-hmm. But Monty Williams is just historically great, and right. he's going to make adjustments. Mm-hmm. They, he's going to he's going to double he doubled Brandon Ingram yep. last game, still scored thirty points. Mm-hmm. So what it for the Suns? What do you have to do at this point? You have to get Chris Paul in the game. You know that's the reason that they won two games because of Chris Paul and obviously Devin Booker. But you're you're suffering from that right. loss right now. So you have to get Mikael Bridges to score more points. He ended the night with eight points. That's not going to win you games when two of your best players and you only have DeAndre Ayton who got – Yeah, and your starters aren't doing very much. DeAndre um, Ayton was the only guy on that team to score more than 20 points. Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. horrible. Um, Mikael Bridges has not done much this series with play defense. And Landry Shaman off the bench was supposed to be your pure shooter. Yep. The guy has not been what the Suns wanted. Seven points, one rebound, and one assist. That's not exactly again, all that. All those stats are not going to win you basketball. So games. for the Suns, it's going to take a complete effort for the team, and they're going to want it more than the Pelicans because the Pelicans they have way more heart, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than the Suns team. Oh yeah, and I know that they suffered a big loss with Devin Booker, yeah, and it's but heartbreaking. They, they also they're not sixty three and fourteen for no reason. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I think they went 8 and 6 if I'm not mistaken yeah, with Devin without Booker. Devin yeah, Booker. without Booker. Without Booker, but I mean, 8 and 6 isn't that great. Right, but you you know that you're able to win games, games without, without them. Him, right. I'm going back to the Nets without KD and they're not winning any games. They're falling to the ninth yeah, seed. Exactly. And that's what makes good teams great. When you can grow through adversity, when you can have one of your best players go down and you can still win basketball games and playoff games. But to do that, you have to get give Chris Paul the ball. And for the Pelicans, what do you think it's going to take them to beat the Suns again and again? Continue to contain the, the offense of the Suns. I yep. think the Pelicans have it figured out on offense. I mean, Brandon Ingram has a great game. If Jonas Valanciunas or even C.J. McCollum have a good game, then they're fine. But the Suns, you have to be able to cont- continue to contain guys like Paul and Bridges. I would say we need to start doubling DeAndre Ayton down low. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how LSU did the little trap in the paint. That yeah. used to work. But DeAndre Aiden is just so dominant. Mm-hmm. I think he's personally better than Rudy Gobert. Okay. Another um, hot take. <laughs> that's okay. not really a hot take. I feel like I think it's proven that he's right. Especially in the playoffs this mm-hmm. season this right now. But DeAndre Aiden is so good to where he's gonna make shots down yeah. the stretch and you're just gonna have to keep making them to keep in the game. Same thing with Chris Paul. But Chris Paul can make so much space out of nothing. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him such a great player. And, and that, yep. that's why Herb Jones needs to guard him. Yeah, and that's why I agree. Because if you just have one of those guys go off and you're able to contain the other two, then you're going to win the game. Right. Ripley, do you think the Pelicans can win? I definitely think they're going to win. Do you think <laughs> they're really going to win in do. six or seven? 
I think they might win at six. Okay. I, th- I still think, I think seven. that they're hype now, and yeah. they know yeah. now, the like, momentum. okay, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually possible. Yeah, the momentum's definitely shifting towards New Orleans' side. But we'll find out, um, you know, after tonight. Uh, they play at 9 p.m., but that's going to do it from Ripley Cupid, from Patricia Caputo and Andre Champagne. <laughs>